I'd like to say good evening and welcome you to another lecture presented by the Syracuse class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organizations. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization that is dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley, in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in 1958. And since that time, we have established branch schools across the United States, Canada, and other foreign countries. The Syracuse branch was established in 1969. At this time, I'd like to acknowledge the dean of the Syracuse branch, Dr. Patrick Trevison. Now, in this school and throughout the lecture this evening, we'll be using the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of your Heavenly Father is Yahweh. This has been improperly substituted in most Bibles with the title Lord. For the Word or Son, we use a divine title, Elohim. This has been improperly substituted in most Bibles with the title God. And the name of the Holy Spirit manifesting in or out of a physical body is Yahshua Messiah. This has been erroneously substituted with Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. And we now know each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title, which means Elohim is the title that our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it's an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into encyclopedia or dictionary would prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language contain any character or letter in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by the letter J. Neither was there a J in the English language until some 1400 years after the death of the Messiah. Therefore, making such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible and untrue renderings of the true names of the Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Now Yahweh, our Heavenly Father, is pure spirit. And in this pure spirit state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in His pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. Take a look at this chart. You'll see that we have this fiery cloud painted all the way around the edges of the chart so that everything on the chart abides within this fiery cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within this pure spirit state of Yahweh. And Yahweh, knowing that man cannot perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim. This is the Word or Son, a superincorporeal being, that is, having shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This visionary shape and form can only be seen by divine vision and only understood by divine revelation. 
later on, the self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world has come to know erroneously as Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is what was the name of the Messiah during the time that he did walk the earth plane? You can get a better understanding of this name and title by reading a preface of the Holy Name Bible. Now also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. We call it a divine pattern because this is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt and into the wilderness of Sinai, then called Moses on top of Mount Sinai, and revealed this tabernacle pattern to him in a vision, Moses was instructed to return to the wilderness and build one exactly as he had seen in the mount. This tabernacle pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and the court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof how that everything is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. In this school, we have 10 primary constitutional aims or objectives, and they are as follows. First is to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second is to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third is to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Fifth is to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth is to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh is to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth is to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth is to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. Intent is to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the newer state. Our watch for this peace and our slogan is speak the truth. I'd like to have this evening's meeting dedicated with the prayer uh, by Dr. I can't think of anybody's name. By Dr. Patrick Trevison. That'll be followed by a scripture <laughs> reading, which is. Somebody know the scripture reading? I don't. Galatians, Galatians, 4. 4. Galatians the fourth chapter. Our scripture readers this evening are Dr. Scott Miller and Dr. Carm Warren. I couldn't think of anybody's name. I went blank. I was going to put you up for the. Dr. Samantha Lupien. That's right. Yes. But I couldn't, I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Lupien. 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 Lupien
We all bow our heart and our mind and ask Joshua that he bless this meeting this evening and that everyone be edified and walk away with something of great value, some little pearl, some little gem that you bestow upon them, having to do with your infinite and vast and great purpose that you have chosen to bestow upon us the least of all people. And for this, and for all the blessings that you've given us, we want to say hallelujah. class. Tonight's scripture will be read out of the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by A.B. Trana of the Scripture Research Association. Galatians, the fourth chapter. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be owner of all but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, Yahweh sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made subject to the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, Yahweh has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of Yahweh through the Messiah. Howbeit then, when ye knew not Yahweh, ye did service unto them which by nature are nothing but idols. But now, after that ye have known Yahweh, or rather are known of Yahweh, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? You observe days and months and times and years. I am afraid of you, lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. Brethren, I beseech you, be as I am, for I am, I am as ye are, have not injure, injured me at all. Ye know how, through infirmity of the flesh, I preached the glad tidings unto you at the first, and my weakness, which was in my flesh, ye despised not, nor rejected. <clears throat> But receive me as an angel of Elohim, even as the Messiah Yahshua. Where is then the blessedness ye speak of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and have given them to me. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They are zealous toward you, but not for your good, that they would exclude us, that you might be zealous for them. 
but it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, of whom I travail and birth again unto the Messiah, be formed in you. I desire to be present with you now, and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, one which from Mount Sinai, which generates the bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Sing, O barren, thou that didst not bear, break forth into singing, and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. Now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. Even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free woman. That's Galatians, the fourth chapter. Thank you, Dr. Trevison and Dr. Miller. And for our first speaker, we'll hear from our dean, Dr. Patrick Trevison. everybody I'm speaking first because first of all I want to share with you uh, what transpired at Pam's funeral service okay and I wanted to do it last week and it, it didn't happen okay and I was hoping more people would be here tonight so they could hear what happened, you know. Um, there weren't many people there. There were only about eight people, Peg? In the, at the, when at the yeah. funeral service. Yes. About eight people. Um, there were a few things of flowers. And it was, uh, <laughs> I was the only one there with a suit on. <laughs> you know, my wife was dressed very nice. And um, uh, so we, they liked uh, the 23rd Psalm, okay? Which they printed on the, the back of Pam's thing which was at the wake okay um, we didn't really work with that per se we talked about how we knew Pam 
and we knew her heart, and we knew her soul, and we knew that it was a, a good soul, and we knew that she loved Yahshua with all her heart. And she wanted this service done in those correct names. She didn't want it to be long, and it wasn't long. It was short. We talked about life after death. We talked about a butterfly. We talked about things they could relate to, mm -hmm. the creation. We talked about metamorphosis, we talked about a butterfly and how it begins as a caterpillar and how it goes into that chrysalis and now that death and then there's that burial and then it resurrects a brand new creature and how that there's life after there had been death. And then we talked about the seasons. And we said, you're in the spring now. Look at the flowers. Look at how the whole creation is coming alive after a winter, a dreary winter and a burial. And last fall, everything died in the creation. And there was a death. There was a burial in the winter. And then there's a resurrection. You see it every single year. You cannot deny it. And so it's showing you life after death. So we don't want the family to be sad. We don't want the family to be, to mourn. We want them to know that there's, that Pam, that her soul has life after death. That that was just a, a door she went through, and that and that she is going to spend eternity in the bosom of Yahshua. And then uh, my wife mentioned that how we had always. Uh, oh, I asked if anybody in the family had anything they wanted to offer. And Peg said, uh, I'd like to say that uh, we always, we gave her the nickname Diamond Lil, because she loved diamonds. Mm. And uh, that really stuck with her, that nickname. And the family, and her granddaughter got the biggest kick out of that. They loved that. They, they, they were laughing. They got the biggest kick out of it. And, uh, and we ended it with uh, uh, the doxology. And all these years, I've known it by heart, and I was messing it up at the end, and my wife helped me with it. You know, it was <laughs> nice of her to help me with it. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like I say, it was very short, it was very simple, and it was something that her family could relate to. 
And afterwards, they all shook our hands, and there, there was no animosity. Uh, they were very warm toward us, and uh, so that was how it went, you know. Just in case people are curious, just in case people want to know. Now, I want to share with you on a different note. <clears throat> Some things that were in the New York State business meeting minutes. <clears throat> just a few things. Just, just a few things. If you get a chance, you want to read through this entire thing, feel free. Uh, there was one thing in here about minister licenses, Gabe. I need to talk to Sharon about this. We haven't updated this in ages. Okay. Um, Dr. McCann, she's one of the officers now. She's uh, I knew Sandy McCann way back a million years ago. I don't know how many of you remember her. No. I know Peggy does. Anybody else? She was from the Elmira class. She's public relations now. She stated in conclusion that we, as we approach the very end of this age, fight to see our rosy future and fight to keep your peace in Dr. Kinley. Communicate with the Brotherhood of Believers often. I don't know who the Brotherhood of Believers are. Sounds like some yeah. monastic group. Be dogmatic within ourselves concerning the promise of our Father and joy in the work of our Father and follow, follow, follow. Follow, well, I can only tell you what I think follow means. Uh, that was one thing. Now, the president now is Dr. Kathy Wood. And uh, my wife knows who she is. Debbie Cometti knows who she is. I don't know if any of the rest of you know who Kathy Wood is. Okay, some of you do. Um, when I used to go to these business meetings many years ago, Dr. Sandy Garagoshin was the president of New York State. And <laughs> she was a far different president than this gal. That's all I'm gonna say. Dr. Wood had contacted Dr. Keith Gilkey, 
our international president, advising him of our upcoming New York State board meeting of April 29th and asked him for any guidance he would like to give us. Now, why we need guidance at this stage of the game? We've been having New York State business meetings since I first came into class. 40-something years. Now we need guidance. Dr. Gilkey noted that a new international COVID check sheet would be out for all branches to reference. Please ensure that it is discussed and explained to make sure all questions are addressed so that everyone in the state are on the same page regarding COVID procedural execution in the branches. Now, I understand that and it makes sense. Why they need to dictate these things to us I don't understand. We would never knowingly put anyone in harm's way. We would never knowingly do that. And that was our response to her, because she called our house. No, no. it was an email. Correct? An email. I didn't speak to her. Yeah. I'm wrong. She emailed our house because she asked uh, Dr. Robert Welch at the meeting if we were following the COVID guidelines. And Bob said to her, more or less. So she wanted to know from Peggy, what's the last part? <laughs> So we, our answer to her was, we would never knowingly put anyone in harm's way. Why, why? It, it's all just so formulated and so rigid and so, see, this is all coming from Los Angeles. And so what they're doing is they're just copying what Los Angeles does. They're copying every single little thing that Los Angeles does. And they expect the branches to do the same thing. Lastly, Dr. Gilkey stated to, uh, wait, never mind. Dr. Wood noted that we have the best doctors in the world in our class. <clears throat> and we are blessed to have these guidelines. These updated guidelines were posted on the web fuser 318.23 for all branch schools to access. She stated that she sent an email to all New York State branches regarding the COVID guidelines and thanked everyone who responded. 
Dr. Stewart, Cargill Stewart is the Dean of Canada. That the COVID guidelines are not optional and every branch is expected to follow these guidelines. This is how we want to treat each other and we do as the brotherhood of believers. I, what is that? Now, and they're having another election. Bob talked about that last week. There was a, a, a thing in here Uh, Aaron Bryant, I'm missing it. Aaron Bryant said, it's in here somewhere, that people were going in the branches, they were going to the MP3s and MP4s and they were dressing casually. He said, and it had come to their attention in Los Angeles. He said, now when you go to these meetings, when they play the MP3s and MP4s, you are to dress up, suit and tie, and dresses for women, okay? And you are to say a prayer, you are to do the doxology. You are to um, do everything that you ordinarily would do. Have a scripture reading. And then you push play. Is that right, Frank? Yep. And then you push play. And when the MP3 is over, you push stop. And you have a doxology. Because people were saying, well, why do we need to dress up? And this is coming from your international dean and vice president. I'm just trying to show you that as time goes on, Dr. Kinley said it would become more close to Catholicism and Christianity than you would believe with rules and rituals and regulations. And when I first heard that, I thought, that just can't happen. That just can never be. And I've seen it come to pass. I've seen it come to pass. All these rituals and regulations. And that's why we chose this particular scripture reading. It has to do with the covenants. I read an article in the paper Sunday. 
in the religion section. They're trying to pass a bill in the the Texas legislature that would require the Ten Commandments to be taught in public school classrooms and to be hung on the walls. There's a picture of them. Thou shalt have the Ten Commandments in Texas public schools? Question mark. This is, an, this is the article. And it goes on to say this and that. And uh, <coughs> The Republican-controlled Texas Senate passed three bills recently that would require public schools to promote religion to their students and employees, including a proposal for each classroom in the state to prominently display the Ten Commandments starting next year. Now I have a question for you in the class here. What bugs you about this, this sentence right here? What does it say in our Constitution? Separation of church and state. Separation of church and state. That, that you're not supposed to mix the two. The reason being, it had been done in Europe for centuries and caused a ton, a ton of bloodshed. Catholics killing Protestants, Protestants murdering Catholics. Because they forced religion on people. Do you understand? And made it part of the government. Learn something about England, you know, Mary, Queen of Scots, and, and, and the first Elizabeth, you know? She was Protestant, and she beheaded her own cousin. Do you understand? Because she was Catholic. And they persecuted the Catholics. But England was originally Catholic. And they changed and became Protestant. Why? Because the Pope wouldn't grant Henry VIII the divorce to marry a different wife. So he formed his own church. And to this day, that's the church. It's the Church of England. Uh, Episcopalian, I believe, which is really just English Catholicism. But then they, 
you see, they went after the Catholics, and there was a lot of bloodshed, and then the Catholics went back after them, and then they, because they didn't separate church and state. So when the founders of our Constitution wrote it, they had the wisdom to say, keep it out of there. Now here they come and <laughs> oh, I just want to read one more thing to you in here. This is a really good article. Bringing the Ten Commandments and prayer back to our public schools will enable our students to become better Texans. <laughs> that was written by one of the senators. It will enable our students to become better Texans. And that's why we chose this scripture reading today. That's why we chose it. I want to just talk about one thing that's in that scripture. I want to go to the 21st verse. I know that the whole chapter's loaded. The whole chapter's loaded. But I want to touch on some verses here and, and get down. Galatians 4 and 21. Mm -hmm. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law. Now you that want to be under the law. See, Paul was writing these letters to them all the time because there was a whole bunch of people in these classes back there that wanted to go back under the law. And you have it right up here on your chart. Mm -hmm. Carnal ordinances restored. Restored. What's that mean? Put back in. Put back in. You that, tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? Do you not hear what they want to do down there in Texas? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's changed? Read. For it is written that Abraham had two sons. Abraham had two sons. The one by a bondmaid. The, the one other, by a bondmaid. The other by a free woman. The, the other by a free woman, okay? Now the one, the bondmaid, was Hagar. She was a bondmaid. She was a slave. She was a slave woman. And the free woman was who? Sarah. Sarah. That was his wife, his free wife. 
free woman. And so he had a son by Sarah in their old age. I think um, I think she was in her 90s, and I think he was 100. That's why she laughed when Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim told them they were going to have a kid. She laughed. And Yahweh Elohim knew that she laughed. <laughs> and she was laughing within herself. You understand? Just like us, we think we're getting away with something. Read, please. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh. But he now who was who was the one that was born after the bondwoman? Ishmael. Ishmael. Now what nations come from Ishmael? What nations come from Ishmael? Egypt? Muslim nations. Or we don't know. The Arabs. The Arab peoples. The Arab peoples come from Ishmael. They come from Ishmael. Which would be Egyptians, okay, now. But the original Egyptians were not Arabs. You understand the original Egyptians and the original North Africans and different people were not Arabs, the Arabs. After, after Muhammad had his vision and got people together, okay, and they conquered uh, Mecca and then Medina, they went out and they conquered these huge areas. And they were the Arabs. And they started to populate all these other places with these Arabs. Everybody follow? Everybody's got that down pat now. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> go ahead, read. But he of the free woman was by promise. Now he of the free woman, which was who? Isaac. Isaac. And who was his offspring? Jacob. Jacob. And his name was changed to? Israel. There you go. So you had Israel, and you had Ishmael. Or you had Israel, and you had the Arab peoples. That's simple. And they were always at odds with one another. And guess what? Tonight, they are still mm -hmm. at odds with one another. The end declared from the beginning. Read. Which things are an allegory, for these are the two covenants. See, it's an allegory. An allegory. These are the two covenants. Now, this stuff is, I know we've read this a ton of times, and we read over this stuff and we think, we I understand this, and we pretty much do, but this is profound stuff. 
These things are an allegory. Read. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to the bondage. The one from Mount Sinai genders to bondage. Bondage. Which covenant is that? That's the law. That's the old covenant. Right? Read. Which is Agar. Which is Hagar, the bondwoman. They were under bondage. It says in Hebrews, the ninth, let's get it. I want Hebrews, the ninth chapter, and I, I just want to pick up the ninth verse. Hebrews 9 and 9. Hebrews 9 and 9. Which was a figure for the time then present. Now, the, the things that were written before this were a figure for that time. For that time that it's talking about. Read. In which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect. Now, who did the service? The high priest. The high priest or the, and, the, and the low priests. Mm -hmm. And it could not make him perfect. As pertaining this could this could not make the priests perfect. Now, if it couldn't make the priests perfect, what about all these people out here? They ain't got a snowball's chance in hell. Pardon my language. Go ahead and read. They could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. As pertaining to the conscience. And the conscience was everything. Because when Adam came out of this garden, it was his, look at him, his face, covering his face. It was his, what was condemned? His conscience. He was condemned in his conscience. Now, where's that condemnation got to be taken away? In our conscience. He received the condemned conscience. It's taken away in the new covenant. That's that simple. Just that simple. Adam died in his soul. Where do we have to be made alive? In our soul. Right in our soul. Boy, this is getting into more than I bargained for here. But this is good stuff. Yeah. Read, please. Do you want back in Galatians? Oh, no, no, I want, I want you to keep going there. Hebrews 9 and 10, which stood only in meats and drinks. Which stood only in meats and drinks, read. And diverse washings. And baptisms. And carnal ordinances. And carnal, oh look, what are these? Commitments. Carnal ordinances. Carnal ordinances. Look, the Texas legislature says this will make our students better Texans. 
read imposed on them until the it time. was imposed it was imposed imposed what's that mean forced. it was forced upon them now go back to the where you were in the, the scripture reread that verse verse 24 Galatians 4 24 which things are an allegory for those are the two covenants the one from Mount Sinai which gendereth to the bondage to bondage bondage you see it was imposed bondage is you're not free it's imposed you understand read which is Agar for this Agar is Mount Sinai. That's Mount Sinai. Agar. Agar. Read. Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with so, children. In other words, it genders to Jerusalem where? Below. Jerusalem, which now is, mm -hmm. Jerusalem below. Physical Jerusalem over there. Yes. That's Jerusalem below. Read. Keep reading. It'll explain it. Read. But Jerusalem, which is above, but, free. But, but, I love those words like that, three-letter words. But Jerusalem, which is above, is what come? Free. Free. There's Jerusalem below, and there's Jerusalem above. And Jerusalem, which is above, is free. It's free. No more bondage. No more condemnation. No more. Oh, 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 I gotta go to, I gotta go to confession again. I, I went this morning, but I, I messed up. I, I got mad. <laughs> Frank can't relate to any of that. <laughs> Read. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. Which is the mother of us all. Read. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. That's good. I... I got what I want there. Let's go over to Hebrews. I think it's the 12th chapter. Um, oh, I gotta find this. Twelve and eighteen. Very good. Very good. That's that. That'll do her. <laughs> Hebrews 12 and 18. For ye are not come unto the mount that might be touched. Now this is who speaking here. Oh, uh, 
This is Paul. It's contention. There's contention about who wrote Hebrews. Yes. And we know it was Paul. Yeah, well, this is Paul. This is Paul's. This is the Holy Spirit. This is Paul's epistle to the Hebrews. Read. For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched. Now you are not come to the mount that might be touched. That's the one that's below. That's the covenant that's below. That genders to Hagar. That's the old covenant. Read. And it burned with fire. And it burned with fire. Nor unto blackness and darkness and tempest. In the sound of a trumpet, in the voice of words, which voice that they heard entreated. And you can look, you can read back in uh, Exodus, and you can read about all this that went on back here, and how they were scared, to, scared the dickens out of them. They said, Moses, what? You go. You go up there. <laughs> read. That the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched the mountain, it shall be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Mm -hmm. But ye are come unto Mount Zion. But you are come to Mount Zion. Look, that's up here in Canaan land. Read. And unto the city of the living Elohim. And unto the city of the living under him, living Elohim, that's genders to Mount Moriah. Hmm. This is Jerusalem. This is really, this is physical Jerusalem, but it genders to Jerusalem above. Mm -hmm. It's a type. It's an example. It's pointing to Jerusalem above. If you understand something about the temple, if you understand something about Jerusalem here, it will it will explain something to you about Jerusalem above. It'll help you understand the last part of the 22nd chapter of Revelation, which we're not going to get into. But go ahead and read. And unto the city of the living Elohim. The, the, the city of the living Elohim. Read. The heavenly Jerusalem. The heavenly Jerusalem. Didn't it talk about that over there in Galatians? Mm -hmm. Jerusalem above. Right. The heavenly Jerusalem. This is the one you've come to. This is talking to you sitting in here tonight. This is talking to you watching on the camera tonight. Heavenly Jerusalem. It's, it's not a place. It's a state of mind. It's the way you think. It's the state of your soul. It's where you... It's, It's where you are in your soul. Read. Into an innumerable company of angels. An innumerable company of angels. Read. To the general assembly, an assembly of the firstborn, 
which are written in heaven, which are written in heaven, and to Yahweh the judge of all, and to the spirit of just men made perfect. Now that, listen, there's so much there, but just go to Revelation 22nd chapter. Start reading right in one. Revelation 20, 21? Or 22? 22. Okay, 22 and 1. And he showed me a pure river of water, of water of life, clear as crystal. Which we've done a whole bunch of times. We've gone over on the green chart. We've showed it to you. Um, showed how it correlates coming out of here. Okay. Coming right out of here. Read. Water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of Elohim and of the Lamb. Here's the throne. Here's the throne right up in here. The, of the Lamb. Of Yahshua. Read. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there a tree of life. A tree of life. You got an arbor vitae. Mm -hmm. Arbor vitae right there. <laughs> and then that 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 water that what is the name of the water? Cerebral spinal cerebral spinal fluid. It's produced up there in that ventricle and it's coming forth right from there and it it cleanses your brain and it comes forth and proceeds all the way down your spine. If you don't have that, you are in big trouble. Read, please. Which bear 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. I'm not going to take the time to get into all that, but go ahead and read. And the leaves of the, of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse. There shall be no more curse. Read. But the throne of Elohim and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servant shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. His name shall be in your forehead. Didn't that name of Yahweh have to be on the the, the forehead of the mitre mm -hmm. of the high priest in the old covenant. Well, now that name of Yahshua has to be in your forehead. Right in there. Read. And there shall be no light there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for Yahweh our Elohim giveth them light and they shall reign forever and ever. Mm -hmm. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And Yahweh, our Elohim, of the holy prophets, sent the, his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Did I miss it? It's in the 21st chapter. You want 21 and 10? 21 and 10. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry, I missed wrong chapter. 21. All right, Revelation 21 and 10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain 
and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem. He showed me the holy Jerusalem. Descending out of heaven from Elohim. Descending out of heaven. Read. Having the glory of Yahweh, and her light was like unto a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels. Twelve gates, twelve tribes, twelve apostles. Read. And the names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. Read. And on the east three gates, on the north three gates, and on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Um, and he talked with me, and, and he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. What am I missing? You want down 19? That 19 has like the foundations and... No, I don't want to get into all that. I'm missing a verse. I missed a verse there somewhere. I think it's the 8th or ninth verse in one of those two chapters. The Lamb's Wife? The Bride. The Bride. That's, That's nine. 21. And... 9. Verse 9. Yeah. And there came on... Yeah, we started at 10. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride. I will show thee the bride. The bride. The assembly. The bride. You're the bride. Read. The Lamb's wife, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. The Lamb's wife. Read. And showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven. Now he's going to show him the Lamb's wife, right? And what did he show him? Holy Jerusalem. Jerusalem above. Oh. Jerusalem above, which is free. <clears throat> and with that, I'm going to take my seat. And I hope that um, <laughs> I got a little more long-winded than I really wanted to get, but all praise goes to Yahshua. I hope someone was inspired. Thank you. Our next speaker this evening will be Dr. Bill Warren. Interesting things in that. Um, that rigid law that he was talking about. I mean, this is really the epitome of that. 
because it was imposed on them. Um, yet, and still, this was his bride. Let's get that in uh, Exodus. <clears throat> Say I do. You can probably pick it up a little bit. Uh, um, Exodus 24 and 3. And Moses came and told the people all the words that Yahweh and all the judgments and all the people answered. With so this words. was after Moses went up into the mount and got the law from Yahweh Elohim, right? Go ahead. Let me start it at one. Okay. Just so. And he said unto Moses, Come up unto Yahweh, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off, and Moses alone shall come near to Yahweh. But they shall not come nay near, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of Yahweh and all the judgments. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which Yahweh hath said we will do. So this was as a, a wedding. Israel was his bride. And <clears throat> Moses spoke the agreement and his, the bride said, I do. So that was a, a wedding. This was his bride here. And this, like has been discussed, was a law that they couldn't keep. And, I mean, the world has just taken this thing and, I mean, they completely misunderstand it. Um, really, just like uh, the Texans, you know, with them imposing these laws down there that they built the Constitution so that that couldn't happen mm -hmm. and yet they're trying to force that and so much of that stuff they're trying to force now they're trying to re restore things that were found to be faulty and it's not that this was faulty it was that Israel was faulty and Rick already talked about that. Were, were they faulty in their conscience or in their heart, in their soul? They couldn't keep this law. Matter of fact, it says uh, in Deuteronomy 6, is it? 6.25, I think. Deuteronomy 6 and 25. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe. This law would be their righteousness. What? If we observe to do all these commandments before Yahweh our Elohim as he hath commanded us. If they observe to do all of these. And you can read over in, uh, I think in James, is it? Where yes. it says, uh, if you fail. If you fail one, you fail them all. Okay. Uh, James 2 and 10. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. 
So you could do this whole law, and this wasn't Ten Commandments. There were Ten Commandments was a small part of this. This was 613 laws and ordinances that was given to Israel, and given to Israel alone. Mm -hmm. We talk about that all the time. It was only given to Israel. It wasn't imposed on anybody else because Israel was the example that Yahweh Elohim chose. And he called it, uh, well, why don't we get that uh, Deuteronomy 8, is it, or 7? He said his love upon them? Uh, seven, I think. Uh, yeah, six, I'd say. Deuteronomy 7, 6. For thou art a holy people unto Yahweh their El thy Elohim. And Yahweh thy Elohim has chosen thee to be a special people. So he people chose unto Israel himself. to be a special people to un unto him. Read. Above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. And Yahweh did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people. For you were the fewest of all people. See, so he didn't choose them because of who they were, because they were really the least of all people. Mm -hmm. Simply that he set his love upon them. Just like as it is now, really, is... Mm -hmm. Uh, Ephesians 1 4. Yeah. It's pretty much the same thing, but in the spiritual. See, this was physical. It was a physical law given to a physical people. And this was never the overall intent. This was temporary. Uh, that's what all this is. This was all temporary. It had a course to run. It started back about in here, and it had a course to run. That's why the scripture reading says, in the fullness of time. That's what that's talking about. In the fullness of time, when this old law had run its course. Go ahead. Ephesians 1 and 4. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. See, he chose us in him. We're sitting in this room tonight because he chose us way back here before he even created the creation. Mm -hmm. He had us in mind. He chose us, read. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. In love. And that's, that's him putting the Holy Spirit in you. That's him causing you to walk in his statutes. Not these statutes. It, this, there was a change that took place. Um, let's go back to the scripture reading. And this, this whole law uh, didn't really get into that part of it uh, yet, but this gendered to sin. This, uh, uh, with the bondwoman and uh, Hagar, uh, this law um, gendered to bondage because this law was imposed on them, but also them trying to do this law and not being able to keep it uh, gendered to sin. When they broke the law, there was sin. 
they couldn't keep it, so, but they were given a way of escape. So when they broke one of these laws, they could bring something innocent and it would be sacrificed in their stead. Otherwise, they would be killed. So they could bring an innocent sacrifice instead. And that was all really to point up Yahshua the Messiah, who came in, like in the scripture reading, to complete this law and take it out of the way, because it wasn't meant to last. Um, do you have something there? Do you want it starting at one, or do you want it starting um, what? at three? Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage. Galatians 4? You want it at 3? Um, no, let's pick it up, uh, the chapter before, actually. Uh, schoolmaster? Um, 24? No, a little bit. Maybe 22. Okay. Galatians 3 and 22. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Yahshua might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Therefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto the Messiah. So, so this was a schoolmaster. It was necessary. It was actually to point up what was in them, or really what wasn't in them, and that was the Holy Spirit. Uh, go ahead. For ye are all the children of Yahweh by faith in Yahshua the Messiah. Now that's talking about now. Go ahead. For as many as you as have been baptized into Yahshua have put on Yahshua. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. See, when he chose Israel to Yahweh Elohim at that time, there were only two peoples. Jews and those that weren't Jews or Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Jews and Gentiles. Um, pick that up again. There is neither Jew nor Greek. See, now that's talking about now. Now there is neither Jew nor Greek because he's taken this law out of the way. I, I think we need to drop down to uh, the scripture reading and maybe we'll get back to that. Okay. Start at one or? Yeah. Galatians 4 and 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be master of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come. See, they, they were in bondage unto this law, but now what? The fullness? The fullness of the time was come. Read. Yahweh Elohim sent forth his son. Sent forth his son. Made of a woman. Made, made under the law. Made of a woman. Made under this law. And you really have to go back to uh, Numbers, the 30th chapter, to see... Remember, he spoke down this law. Moses spoke it to the people, and they said, all that Yahweh said, we will do. Now, let's go there. Uh, Numbers 30.
Um, maybe start at three. Six to seven picks up the husband. Three. <coughs> yeah, three. Uh, numbers 30 and three. If a woman also vow a vow unto Yahweh and bind herself by a bond, being in her father's house in her now, youth. Now keep in mind, this is the woman. All of Israel is the woman, the bride, the one that said, I do. Go ahead. And her father hear her vow, and her bond wherewith she hath bound her soul, and her father shall hold his peace at her. Then, shall, then all her vows shall stand, and every bond wherewith she hath bound her soul shall stand. Okay. Go ahead. But if her father disallow her in the day that he heareth, not any of her vows or of her bonds wherewith she hath bound her soul shall stand. Okay, and this is, this is why Scott suggested starting at six. Go ahead. It picks up the husband now. And Yahweh shall forgive her because her father disallowed her. And if she, verse six, and if she had at all a husband when she vowed her utter Now who's the husband here? Yahweh yeah, Elohim. Yeah, Read. Or uttered aught out of her lips wherewith she bound her soul. And, and did she do her. some binding of her soul? Mm -hmm. She said, all that Yahweh has said, we will do. Read. And then her vow shall stand, and her bonds wherewith she bound her soul shall stand. Okay, so that stands. Um, now, let's see. Probably got to drop down to 13, maybe. 13. Every vow and every binding oath to afflict the soul... Her husband may establish it, or her husband may make it void. So he may make it void. Did he make it void? No. He held his peace. He let the vow stand. Read. But if her husband altogether hold his peace at her from day to day, then he establisheth all her vows, or all her bonds, which are upon her. He confirmeth them, because he held his peace at her in the day that he heard them. Read. But if he shall any ways make them void after that he hath heard them, then he shall bear her iniquity. Then he shall bear her iniquity, or because she failed to do this law, the husband has to then perform it. So he then, now let's go back to Galatians. This is under the law, the law that was given to Israel, that a husband, if he has a bride that makes a vow, and he keeps his silence and lets her make that vow, and she, and she can't take care of it, he's got to take care of it. In that case, this is Yahweh Elohim himself. He set it up this way. This is, this is part of the purpose of Yahweh, that he then come on and, and take on a fleshy, uh, state of existence. Go ahead, Dick. Galatians 4 and 4. But when the fullness of time was come, Elohim sent forth his son. So Elohim sent forth his son, Yahshua the Messiah. Read. Made of a woman. Made of a woman. Made under the law. And he had to be made under the law. Why? Because to finish this, we work with that all the time, fulfillment, right? He was to fulfill this law. He had to be born under the law. Why? The same reason us Gentiles got no business even doing the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. It was never given to us. It was given to him because he was made a Jew, a physical Jew. 
So he had to then perform this, and he is the only one that could. Why? Because he's that innocent sacrifice that they had to offer up on this altar. He had to come in and be that sacrifice one time to finish that whole thing. Go ahead. Verse 5, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. To redeem them that were under the law. This was like, um, I don't know how to, I mean, it's almost like being in prison. They were subject to that. And there was no way to them for them to get out of that except by the husband coming in and fulfilling and completing this law and taking it out of the way, which Yahshua did. Um, go ahead. Verse 6, And because you are sons, Elohim sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Okay. Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of Elohim through Yahshua. Um, now, let's see. Trying to figure out how to how to say this. Um, he had to complete this and take it out of the way, and and that enabled him to bring in a new and better covenant, one that was intended the whole time to be a permanent one. After after this one served his time, after the fullness of time has come, he took this out of the way so that he could bring in a new covenant. And that's what it was talking about towards the end of the previous chapter. Let's go back to a couple verses of that. Twenty-five. Twenty. Yeah. yeah, twenty-five is good. Matter of fact, uh, hold that and get Ephesians uh, two eight. Ephesians two and eight. Maybe Provide seven, seven and eight, maybe. Seven. Okay. That, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us. In the ages to come, remember. He had us in mind way back here before he even brought forth the creation. Those that he had in mind that he would go ahead. Um, Pick it up again. In the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Yahshua the Messiah. For by grace are ye saved through faith and not of yourselves. Through faith that not of yourselves. Mm -hmm. Read. It is the gift of Yahweh. It is the gift of Yahweh. Or is that Yahshua? Um, let's, let's get that over in John 17. Let me start right at 1 or get it at sure. 2? Okay. John 17 and 1. These words spake Yahshua and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all so he's, flesh. So he's going to glorify the Father just like the Father's glorified him. Now, how is he going to glorify the Father? 
um, he came out alone and by himself. And at the end of this, he's going to go back with sons and daughters all gathered in him. That's glorifying the Father. Go ahead. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that ye shall give eternal life. That to you him. shall give eternal life. To as many as thou hast given him. To as many as thou hast given him. So in all those that he had. Um, how did it say it in Ephesians? Uh, Preordained. <laughs> One four. Um, According as he hath chosen us in him. Chose us in him before from the foundation before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And the only way that can, that can happen is to get rid of that condemned conscience by him putting his spirit in us. Right. And having us do his statutes, but it's not something that's imposed. It's something that we want to do. It's completely different. It's, uh, it's a joy. This was not a joy back here. This was a burden. But, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's So, took this out of the way, brought in a new covenant, and there are still Jews. Except, they, let's get that in uh, Romans, yeah? Because, see, the way he did this, he basically died for his bride so that she could marry another. And I don't know, is, is that in the book or is that in uh, Dr. Kinley's uh, transcripts? But that is really the end result is uh, he could have, I mean, if you compare it to something that would happen in the natural, the, Israel was adulterous. She was always seeking after other gods. Right from the get-go, building a golden calf, and all through, they, had, they went into bondage some, what, seven times, I think? And it was all a case of them seeking after other gods. They, they were, she was an adulterous woman. So now, in the flesh, when there's adultery going on, and a man would catch his wife in adultery, Ah, uh, it's not all that unusual that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. that he takes it out on the woman. This, way different. He chose to die for her, that she, so that she was then able to marry another. Free. Free, free to marry another. And that actually is Yahshua on this side of the cross and in the spirit. No longer after the flesh. And again, it goes back to Hagar and um, Sarah, one, one being bondwoman, one being 
um, the promise or free. Romans? Yeah. Romans 2.28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outward. See, so now, after he has died, uh, was buried, and resurrected, and poured out this Holy Spirit, now there are still Jews. Um, Rick was talking about heavenly Jerusalem. There's Jews now, but it's no longer after the flesh. These were actual physical Jews, or Israelites. Now, because he poured out his spirit first to the Jews, according to promise uh, given to Abraham. See, he gave a promise to Abraham that all the nations of the earth would, be, would let's get that, Genesis uh, 15, 13, I think. Genesis 15 and 13. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. No, twelve. Uh. Twelve and something. Thirteen, fifteen, maybe. Twelve and three. Okay. Twelve and three. Yep. And um. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And this is. Maybe Yahweh Elohim. Yes, please. Okay. Uh, Genesis twelve and one. Now Yahweh had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. See, all the families of the earth would be blessed through Abraham. And Rick already talked about who, who were Abraham's kids. One after the bond, who was that? Ishmael, right? And then the one after the promise? Isaac. Isaac. So that's representative of Jew and Gentile, or Jew and all those others, right? So now, when the, when the blessing actually happened, it was way down the line over here where he poured out his Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost to the Jews. But that wouldn't in itself be sufficient because all the families of the earth had to be blessed. Uh, so seven years later, there was the uh, Pentecost for the Gentiles. And now, now the... Holy Spirit is available to all nations, not just to the Jews alone, like was back here. That's why it's so ironic that the world is doing these laws. It's like they got nothing to do with it. And to pick 10, is that ironic? We know there's 613, and if you failed in one, so they, even if they could keep 10, they failed in 600 and Three. 603 of them. <laughs> It's crazy. 
but they just pick and choose what they want, just like man has right from the very beginning, just like the leaders of the Jews did back here. They took this law and turned it into something they wanted it to be, to control the people. And that's what's going on in Texas. They're trying to control the people. They're trying to control everybody that they can according to their will. And it isn't their will that's being done here. It's Yahweh's will. He's got a purpose in operation, and nothing is going against that purpose. So you see these things going on. It's to point things up. That's why he's given us the ability to look at things and extract principles. And um, I think that's all I got. Well, I, pick up where you were, though. Where? We didn't finish. What's that? Romans 2. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. Sorry. Romans 2.28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Right. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of Elohim. And you find that, uh, you know, all across the board, where you find there was circumcision that was a physical thing done to a physical Jew. Now there still is circumcision, but that's that of the heart. And that's what makes you a Jew. Or really a Yashuan now. Yes. But, that, but that's... That's his bride gathered in him. And that was, uh, I think, talked about in one of those scriptures in Hebrews that Rick got. Um, that bride, and I just wanted to talk about how he had to pretty much divorce Israel by dying himself so that when he poured out the Holy Spirit, he still could, could manifest salvation, the real kind, where he puts his Holy Spirit in you, to them as well. That's why Pentecost was to the Jews first. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just an amazing purpose, and it's, it's so cool to be able to see this thing, to see the ignorance that's going on. And um, I appreciate being here, and I thank you for the time. All praises to Yahshua. Dr. Warren, and our next speaker will be uh, from our Syracuse class, Dr. Scott Miller. Well, that was a surprise. Um, I guess I'll pick up where Bill left off um, in Romans. Um, yeah, 2 and 28 and 29. This is talking to the Spirit. This is after Pentecost. Um, we've been talking about how the law, the Ten Commandments, as was mentioned, doesn't apply to us. That's, some, that's a mystery rate in and of itself. To know that one fact that the Ten Commandments never applied to... The, well, actually, why don't we back up in Romans, get Romans 2 and 14 and 15. 2 and 14. For when the Gentiles who have not the law... Oh, what's that? Read that again. For when the Gentiles 
who have not the law. For when the Gentiles, because the, a lot of times they say, well, it's not really written in the Bible. It's just, it's something, you know, we know it's fulfilled and that it wasn't Dr. Killing Top. But it's in your book that, where the, Paul said, for when the Gentiles have not the law, read. Do by nature the things contained in the law. See, they do by their nature the things contained in the law. In other words, they're, they're not following something written down on a, on a stone or a book, you know, trying to do a checklist, you know, like we do for ourselves, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm going to be good. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> not according to Yahweh, you're not. You know, we thought, you know, we thought we were being good. Well, you know, I give money to charity and I help my grandma and I help my neighbor and I mow their lawn and whatever you think you do to try to be good. See, that's not really, it doesn't, that's what you think, but what Yahweh thinks, see, his thoughts aren't our thoughts, and his ways aren't our ways, see, because his ways are higher than ours, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways, and we never thought of stuff, you know, we thought that just being a good person will get the job done, but see, it's shown the Gentiles are doing things by their, by their, by their spirit, by what is in them after Pentecost. See, and that's another mystery that it was the Jews Pentecost first, and then seven years later, it was the Gentiles. And it talks in Acts 10, you know, so, and we talked about that earlier, how we're all one in the spirit. Mm -hmm. That's in the scripture, I believe, or right before the scripture. So finish there. Do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves. Right. They're having not the law free. Who show the work of the law written in their hearts, <clears throat> their conscience also bearing witness, right. and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. See, it's about your conscience. That's what the new covenant's about. It's about it written written in your heart. Isn't that mm -hmm. isn't that what you know, we always get Jeremiah 31 and 31 and Ezekiel 36 showing that the law is going to be written in a heart. Yeah. You know, we have it over here. This is shaped like a heart. And lo and behold, what did, what, you know, when they talk about being married, married back here, we're talking about the covenant of marriage. And, you know, they said their I do's and Yahweh gave them what? His heart. And the Ten Commandments was shaped like what? A heart. Who knew? Who knew that? That's a phenomenal thing to know. <laughs> that the Ten Commandments was in the shape of a heart. That's so cool. Who who knew that? And then that ark, that tablet was put in the ark. See, just like that law has to be put within us. That's the reality of it. See, the world's doing this, and they want to take this Ten Commandment law that never, never was applicable to the Gentiles. See, and it said it right there, and. You know, and, and put it on a wall in a school, you know, because they think that's their thoughts, you know. And again, that was just one of the smartest things the founders ever did was to put separate. And that's why we have the abortion thing again. Yeah. It's not because, you know, oh, you know, it's a morality thing. And that's how Trump got elected. He made a deal with the evangelicals. And it wasn't a new thing, come to find out. I was reading a little bit about it. And because Jimmy Carter was running, the evangelicals felt, because he, he was like a, a Baptist, 
and stuff. He was a hardcore religion. He was a Democrat. So the Republicans needed something to separate themselves from a religious person who was running for president. And one of the things they chose was a, the abortion. So that's a fairly modern. Before that, I guess abortion wasn't, you know, wasn't as big a topic for the right until Carter ran. And then, and so political history. See, and then you just get all mired down in, in what the world thinks is morality. Even though Yahweh commanded the death of a firstborn. And then there's another spot in the book where he said, beginning at the altar, or beginning at the, the most holy place, to kill everybody, including children. You know, but... See, so, you know, we can get tied down into morality all we want. But really, it's, it's about the spirit that's with it. What's guiding your soul? Is it the Holy Spirit? Because there's really two mysteries in operation. It's, it's you know, the, either you're guided by the mystery of righteousness or the mystery of iniquity. And that's, that's what it comes down to. So it's the work of the law written in their hearts and their conscience. It's about your conscience also bearing witness to their thoughts all the meanwhile. Um, and then go over to 28 and 29. Because the circumcision is, that's, that's, it's, we want to pick up that it's, it's really, you know, Again, that's a, a, it's a religious and scientific, is it necessary? Now they say, well, it's not really necessary. People just did it for religion. But in the Bible, it's removing excess flesh to reveal the head. You know, but there's a spiritual. Read, read 28. 28. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Right, because that's how it was commanded. Remember, with all the way back in Abraham? That goes back to Abraham. We don't have time to get it, but in Genesis, the first sign before the law, because doesn't it say in Romans 1, 19 and 20, like from faith to faith, yep. the just shall live by faith. That's because faith to faith, because in the middle of that, see, when faith came, we were no longer under a schoolmaster. Well, when Yahshua came, and the schoolmaster was that law, and it was to show us... You know, but before that, it was faith. Abraham and Mo, you know, and Noah, and they did things on faith. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, granted, they had visions, and the Creator told them to do stuff. So I found like, oh, you know, how much faith did they? You know, hey, if, if Yahweh came to me and said, do that, you're gonna do it. Or an angel, you see an angel, I guess it's people just pass out. Or fall on their face, or they don't know, you know, it, you know, it's why we're really not, I guess it, it's something to see. So we go from faith, and then you have the law, to faith, which is the new covenant, or after Pentecost. We're led by the Spirit. Um, 29. 29. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit and not in the letter. Right. And Karm, can you get... Um, Deuteronomy 10:16 Praise right. is not of men but of Yahweh Elohim. Right. So he's he is a Jew which is one inwardly and the circumcision is that of the heart. So how do you circumcise your heart? Well, one way is it, see that's where you have the stony heart and a fleshly heart. And again, we get rid of the stony heart, and that was broken. Yeah, he broke Yahweh's heart into pieces. See, and he's 
In Yahshua, it says he came to bind up the brokenhearted. See, and this heart was broken, wasn't it? Thrown down and smashed into pieces. Mm -hmm. So in the new covenant, Yahshua is going to dwell inwardly in our tabernacles. See, because that's how it lines up. You know what? Know ye not that your body's a tabernacle? And this priesthood, as Brick pointed out, genders to Yahshua the Messiah. The high priest, there's high priest and low priest. And we're, he said he's going to make us a nation of kings and priests. So we're like a low priest. Yahshua's our high priest, you know, ministering in our tabernacles. That's generating to the spirit. What do you have? Um, Where it says circumcision of? Yes, Deuteronomy 10 and 16. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. Right. How do you see? It's even way back in the law. It's talking about circumcising the heart. And then in, um, I think, Jeremiah, fourth chapter. Four four. Four four. That. And then um, Joshua talks about like the hill of like a second circum you have to be circumcised again. Well the second circumcision he's talking about is that of the heart the heart. Not your physical circumcision that you know. There's no law on it now. I guess it's that uh, if you get circumcised now it helps with maybe less transfer of some diseases based on um, the human papillomavirus HPV can be transferred more if you're circum if you're not circumcised, I guess. So there's there are some medical benefits they think in cleanliness, but see, but in the scriptures, see, that, that's just the world trying to do hold on to some physical law that didn't apply to the world anyway, you know. But there's a, the, what I want everyone to see is the spiritual <coughs> the spiritual reality behind that circumcision. Jeremiah four and four. Circumcise yourselves to Yahweh and take away the foreskins of your heart. Ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doing. Right. So it's just, again, another witness to show that it's about a circumcision of the heart. So you don't want to, and you can't circumcise a stony heart. Just make that point. You know, how do you circumcise a stone? See, but if you have a heart of flesh, then we can do that. Um, also in Romans 3, I like uh, 3, 20, and 21. Romans 3 and 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. Right, because isn't that what the world's trying to do? They're trying to use the law, the Ten Commandments. See, they don't really want to hear about all the other ordinances. Maybe those are for the Jews. But we, they decided that the Ten Commandments applies to the world. We're going to pick these ones that we can't do anyway. Nobody, if you could follow the law, then you wouldn't need a, we wouldn't need a Savior. You wouldn't need the Holy Spirit if we could follow. It was shown that we, so we couldn't, you know, no man could. But that was their, again, the, the aspect of righteousness that, you know, they thought it would be their righteousness to keep all the statutes and keep the law, but without the right heart, they couldn't do it. Go ahead. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in, this, in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Right. But now the righteousness of Elohim without the law is manifested. Being right. But now the righteousness of Elohim without the law is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Right, it's witnessed by the, that's to see, it says right in our book that, you know, that they're, 
no deeds of the flesh, or, or no, therefore by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified. So even if you think you're, you're, because <laughs> people think that that's what when Yahshua was walking around in his 33-year ministry, he fought against the scribes and the Pharisees because they were up there with their phylacteries and little boxes of scrolls tucked in them, and they thought that was their righteousness. They looked the part. They tried to act the part. And he said he called them white waltz sepulchers that they make themselves clean and look nice on the outside, but the inside they're filthy, you know. And see, and that's just the way the world is. See, they try to, you know, make everything look nice on the outside. But, you know, we we know when something ex blows apart and we're like, oh, I didn't see that. I thought they had their their stuff together, <laughs> and then they crash and burn because they were holding on to a fantasy of you know of a lifestyle they couldn't contain, spending out spending more than they had, and this and that. And the next thing you know, there's you know, it crashes and burns because you're trying to live some sort of life that you know that they couldn't. You know, they're trying to portray a false sense of righteousness out there. But but now, which is after Pentecost, usually in the New Covenant part of the book, where it says, but now, it's that the righteousness of Yahweh without the law is manifest, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of Yahweh Elohim, which is by faith of Yahshua the Messiah unto all and upon them that believe, there, there is no difference. You know, that it says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory, which is true. We all have. <laughs> um, let's go over to um, the scripture. Okay. Let me get over there. Corinthians, Galatians. Galatians 4 and... and Rick worked a lot of the, you know, I knew where that scripture was because that's, that's what I would have, that's what I was going to work with. <laughs> <laughs> with the heavenly and it's a good see the allegory of the two an allegory is t is a is like a story with like a symbolic meaning so and it doesn't mean that there wasn't an abraham there was an abraham and a sarah and that's the way things were back then you know and see yahweh allowed it because he's trying to show a purpose so you could have um, you know, it doesn't mean it's acceptable now to have like a wife and a girlfriend <laughs> or, you know, like Abraham did. He was married and then he had a bond woman and he was able to have kids with both. But Yahweh was working a purpose that one was going to the bond woman was in bondage or like a slave and that her son gendered to the old covenant because we we're in bondage. You're in bondage to the old covenant. He's using actual people in history, and that's what the world doesn't really get, mm -hmm. to for symbolism. And he's calling it an allegory, but people think it was well, it didn't happen. These things really happen. And their age, and they're old, and she laughed because who's having a kid at 90 or 99? I forget. I think it was we said 90, but we found it was not. It was she was old, past the point of childbearing. Yes. So, um, excellent. <laughs> Uh, so I wanted to pick it back up in Galatians 3, Three 19, because oh. it talks about the purpose of the law. Wherefore then serveth the law? Galatians 3 and 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Right. So it was added because of tra well, transgressions were those. Adam, 
the Adam Adamic transgression, you know, because he was added. Remember, it was from faith to faith. It wasn't always, there wasn't always a law until Moses led the children of Israel through the Red Sea and into the wilderness of Sinai. That's when that law was spoken down. But before then, you were just by your conscience, mm -hmm. you know, and that's why Moses killed the Egyptian and his, he was cleared in his conscience. Yahweh didn't hold that against him because, you know, they, he knew how the Egyptians treated the slave. They were slaves and he was beating the, you know what, beating them to death. And Moses, you know, sometimes you just have enough and you just react. You know, he reacted on his conscience. Go ahead. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Mm -hmm. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but Yahweh Elohim is one. Right. So we know in the mediator is Yahshua. He's going to operate in our tabernacle. That's what he mediates. It's like that high priest was a mediator for the children of Israel, you know, and had to do the incense and the candles. And then the, on the Day of Atonement, that was the ultimate act of mediation, so to speak was him going up there on that day and making atonement for the children of Israel. And that's like Yahshua makes atonement for us. He made atonement with his blood once and for all, so we don't have to keep doing the law. See, if the world could just catch on to that, but this isn't meant, it was already said tonight, this isn't meant for the world. This We talked about predestination in Ephesians and how we're called before the foundation of the world. And in John 17, it was talked about, Bill worked with both of those things, how he's going to, you know, the Father's given Yahshua as many, you know, it's not anyone, it's not how you behave, it's not on your morality, it's about being called to this gospel. And if you see something, how, it's not you that's seeing it, it's Yahshua showing it to you. Keep going. 21, 321. 21. Is the law then against the promises of Yahweh Elohim? Yahweh Elohim forbade, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, right. verily righteousness should have been right. so the if law, this, <laughs> by the law. This would have been righteous. If this law could have given life, then verily righteousness would be by the law. But what did he say? What did he say to John, Yahshua? But the scripture but for has... Thus becometh us to fulfill Sorry. all righteousness. See? So it's not about... You know, it's in. It's not about keeping the law or your righteousness, because right. we don't have any righteousness of our own, and you can't keep the law even if you think you can. Even with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to say, I don't know anyone. I I know I've been in school this school long enough to know people good enough that we're not. <laughs> I'm not trying to blow anybody up, but I'll talk about myself. I, even with the Holy Spirit, you couldn't keep the law. It wasn't meant. wasn't wasn't meant for that. Go ahead. 22. But the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Yahshua Messiah might be given to them that believe. Mm -hmm. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Right. And faith can be replaced with Yahshua. And that was done. I think Ithaca did. Someone did that when we're, I want to say. Where it says, you know, by faith, you know, in Hebrews, where it says by faith, Hebrews 10th, yes. they've had Yahshua run, and it totally fit, it fits perfectly right in there. Because faith, Yahshua is faith, they're just synonymous, you know. 
so before Yahshua came, we were kept under the law. Before he came to fulfill the old covenant, we were under, you know, being the Jews. Mm -hmm. Never the Gentiles, which we got, you know, the previous speakers worked with how that law wasn't applicable to the Gentiles. But go ahead. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster mm -hmm. to bring us unto Yahshua, that we might be justified by faith. Right, that we might be justified. And the schoolmaster used to bring the kids, I guess. Someone worked with that one time where it talked about how a schoolmaster would make sure the kids got to the school okay. You know, so the law is making sure we get to Yahshua. It's pointing to Yahshua. There is like a hand. With, there it is. Let's see. There's a hand pointing to Yahshua. <laughs> Go ahead. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Right. But after Yahshua has come, mm -hmm. we are no longer under that schoolmaster. Because what did he say he did? He came to fulfill. He didn't come to institute. Something else the world has completely backwards. They say he came to start or institute a Christian way of worship. And I saw that. This I read that where they talked about like during um, Passover, Easter... Where they're doing the bread and they're talking about how he when he was they didn't call it passover because i said if they called in church what is being done that yahshua was or jesus was having passover with it then they may figure out that they he didn't start it <laughs> you know you might they the world might catch on to that they don't call it passover it was another eye opener to come here and find out that the last supper which was the last supper because we're this was the first supper, mm -hmm. you know, and then Yahshua, that's the last, the last supper he had with his disciples was the last one, you know, and that's depicted in the famous painting, you know, they're having the last supper and Judas is the betrayer and they're all looking around and see he's having, he's, they're gathered or having Passover because he's the lamb that's to be, that's to be slain. So we're no longer under the schoolmaster, Reed. For ye are all the children of Yahweh Elohim by faith in Yahshua. For as many of you as have been baptized into Yahshua have been put on Yahshua. Right, and that baptism is not in water. It's, it's just the water, again, the physical reveals the spiritual. So Romans, it's the water pointed to the spirit. Not that we need to get in water, not that we need to be eating bread, you know. These are things that just shows that it was just symbolic to show that, that lamb had to be in you to be saved. Right. And that the, again, same thing with the circumcision. This all ties together. None of it was to be carried on past Pentecost. You know, go ahead. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. Mm -hmm. For ye are all one in Yahshua the Messiah. Right, because back before under the law, everything was separated. There was bond and free, like Hagar and Sarah. See, there was male and female. Yep. See, but when they tried to put Yahshua on the spot, the scribes and Pharisees, and they asked them about the woman who was taken, who was married, this brother, and this brother died. And, well, whose husband shall she be? Mm -hmm. Which was kind of a good question. It's like, you know, because they're, again, carnally looking at it, like <laughs> we're up in heaven and you got your husband, you know, instead of, he says, for, for they're neither married or marrying in heaven mm -hmm. because they are like the angels, because it's, we're looking past the flesh and into the spirit on this side of the cross. 
And Yahshua can look, and he's looking at us as a soul. You're not looking at a man or a woman. And see, the woman was spirit, is spiritually the bride. Mm -hmm. See, it's not about a gender. See, and that's what this is talking about. It's not about a race. You know, that's why we have without race, caste, creed, sex, or color. It's yep. about the spirit. And in the spirit, our soul doesn't have it. See, when you see a that skeleton, see, if you see a skeleton, now maybe some anatomy, someone, a doctor or, or a coroner, but if I see, if I saw a skeleton on the ground, I couldn't tell if it was a male or female. Right. It's just, you know, it's representative of the, of the inner man, the soul, the bones. See, I don't, I couldn't, it just, you know, see, and that's, that's how it is in the spirit. It's, see, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male or female, because we are all one in this gospel. We are all one in the spirit. And going to the fourth, keep going. And ye be Yahshua's, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Right. And then Bill, didn't Bill get that? Heirs according to the promise? And that promise was that he was going to, he came from the Ur of Chaldees, put him in bondage, which they never thanked him for, because he put him there in the first, but he th yep. they thanked him when they brought him out and then murmured and then went back and forth because they didn't have the right heart. But the whole point was to come see it says promise up here. See, that is the promised land. See, and that's where he wants us to bring, he's bringing us into that promised land. Um, and then in the fourth chapter, I, I, I didn't have time, but you know, you got the heir, you got the Jew and the Gentile, right. the heir is the Jew and the servant is genuine to the, like the, the Gentile, but ultimately it says they're under the tutors or governors until that's all ta that's the law taken away. And then, you know, and it says in verse four, when the fullness of time was come, um, Yahweh sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, which was the Jew first and then the Gentile seven years later. And see, so we're all one in this gospel. We're all in the spirit. And with that, we're out of time. I hope somebody got something out of that. All praises to Yahshua. Thank you. I thank everyone for being here with us this evening and for those tuning in on YouTube. We appreciate that too. Y'all please rise for the doxology. And now unto Yahshua who alone is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Yahshua our Savior belongs glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and for all times, so I'll say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah.